You are listening to the Ridgewood Church Podcast on a sermon series that will take us through the Gospel of John, entitled, Learning Jesus. By the way, we'll be having uh, a special offering for Teen Challenge um, in our last song today, so you'll have an opportunity to give directly to that organization through our church. So much appreciate your testimonies. Every time Teen Challenge comes, I get inspired by you. And I can only imagine how difficult it must be to uh, be in a program like that. And I'm sure that every person here has a very unique story and that they could school the rest of us on what it means to walk every day and every moment in the power of Christ. So I'm guessing what it's like is you're on the edge all the time and you're making decisions that are almost life or death every day. And so, but all Christians have these Areas that we need to be freed from, that we need help in. Uh, We struggle with physical illness and what we need to talk about more in church, mental illness. We struggle with the heartache of a rebellious child or a cheating spouse or hopelessness and purposelessness. And, And that's sometimes worse for a believer because we think to ourselves, we have the answers, yet we still feel these feelings. And we struggle with fear. We struggle with the fear of being found out. What if somebody really knew me? I'd be rejected, not loved. And we struggle with all of these things. But there's only one way to be free. Now, at Teen Challenge, I'm sure that you have a very regimented rules, right? And you're probably going to look at me going like, oh yeah, we got rules. But it's not the rules that are going to free you, it's the power of Christ. And so, whether you're a long-time church member or whether you're here for the first time, this morning I just want to let you know and to tell you that freedom is available. Because Jesus can offer freedom. Jesus offers freedom from purposelessness. He can offer healing. He can offer hope. Jesus is the way to be free. And I want to look at Scripture to back that up. So if you have your Bibles, open them to John chapter 14. If you don't, you'll find Bibles uh, in the, the seat backs in front of you. Or if you're in the front row here, you can just grab a Bible next to you. You can use an app too. We have a Ridgewood app that you can download. If you want to turn to John 14 in one of those Bibles, it's on page 901. John 14 is an amazing adventure, and we've been there for a little bit now as we study the, what's called the Upper Room Discourse. And we're going through the Gospel of John, and we're calling this series Learning Jesus. And if you look up here, we are in the section called Preparations. Jesus is preparing to leave his disciples. He's preparing to die, and he's giving them this news. And so, We're going to revisit this amazing I am statement that he made here, which of course is I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he is amazing. And so as we revisit this, we're going to come at it from a bit of a different angle and expand on it more fully. But just to remember what's happening here. The disciples are having this last supper, the Passover meal. It's the Passover supper in Jerusalem And the festival is on. And Jerusalem is packed. Probably ten times its normal population. 
And not only is it packed with celebration, but it's also a hotbed of political turmoil. And so the disciples had reasons to be fearful. But here they are, they're celebrating with their rabbi, Jesus, and all of a sudden things start to go sour. First, Jesus washes their feet. That stunned them. He gave them a new command. Love each other as I have loved you. And then he exposed Judas as the betrayer. That was stunning because he was the treasurer for the group. It's like if you can't trust Judas, who can you trust? Well, don't trust Judas. He's the betrayer. And then, to add on to the shock, Jesus said, Peter, their leader, you're going to deny me three times before morning. And so the, the disciples were getting this news, too, that Jesus was leaving them. And all of these things were going to happen, and they were afraid. And all of the things they worked for was falling apart right in front of them. But Jesus could read the room. Jesus knew what to say. He knew what to do. And so we're going to just review this, and then we're going to move on. If you were here before, but this is also fantastic to read over again anyway. So look at Jesus' reaction here as we go to chapter 14, verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. Because Jesus said, I'm going to be leaving. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you would have known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So Jesus here is being very intentional with every single word that he's saying. The question that Thomas asked was, how do we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way. And then he supported that claim by saying, I am the truth, I am the revelation of God. When you see me, you see God. And I am life. I am the only one that can offer eternal life. And so Jesus is the only way to life. He is the only way to be free. And that's what we're going to focus on this morning. And what Jesus offers too is, he offers lasting freedom. Not the temporary freedom that the world offers. Not the fake freedom. Because the, the, the world offers freedom, but it goes away really quickly. And we're going to talk about how that affects us. So there's three areas we're going to focus on this morning. Number one, Jesus offers freedom from the bondage of self-determination. Secondly, Jesus offers freedom from the condemnation of sin. And then Jesus offers freedom that leads to eternal life. So, remember, Jesus is the only way to be free. And this is the theme. A relationship with Jesus Christ leads to freedom. And make no mistake about it. There is exclusivity in salvation. Jesus said, no one can come to the Father but through me. He said, I am the way. I'm the truth. I am the life. And so Jesus lays it on the line. And the biggest spiritual problem that we have as human beings is ourselves. We want to do everything our own way in the name of freedom. But what happens is, when we do things our way, we ultimately mess things up. We ultimately find ourselves 
in bondage because we think that we know the way to freedom. Theologians call this the theology of autonomy, the human desire to move away from God and to do things the way we want to do them. But then we are in trouble. Now, our first parents, Adam and Eve, they could not discern their own spiritual future any more than we can. And when they were in the garden, even before the first sin, God was there with them to guide them. He taught them language. He said, name the animals. Care for the garden. They could do nothing without God. And then left to their own devices, what happened? Satan came and offered them more than what they thought God could give them, and they fell into rebellion. But an amazing gift from God, in the first act of redemption, as they were ashamed in their nakedness, God made clothing for them. God covered their shame, just like Jesus covers our shame when we come into relationship with him. And so we must understand that we cannot do these things without God. Paul was very clear on this, the Apostle Paul, writing about our, in our natural selves how we cannot take in spiritual truth. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, if you're not walking with Jesus, none of this Christian stuff makes any sense. And then he said this again in the book of Ephesians 4.18, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. But yet we think that we can discern and determine our own lives and where we should go. And where does it lead us? It leads us to bondage. It leads us into a big, giant mess. But the good thing is, is what we read here is, I am the way. I am the way to freedom. And so, the, the good news is, is that Jesus frees us from this self-determination, this, this natural moving away from God. You know, here's the lie that culture sells us, that we have the ability within ourselves to get closer to God. Left on our own, we ultimately will always drift away from God. And so we need Jesus. We need Jesus to come and save us. And Jesus can save us from self-determination. He frees us from that, from, from decisions sexually, that we think we can set our own sexual boundaries. And then what happens? We end up with shame and broken relationships. He can free us from the, de the, the decision to self-determine our future, where we want to pursue the things we want to pursue. We want comfort. We want money. We want power. Whatever it is, and then what happens? We look around one day and we say, there must be more than this. And then all of a sudden we're stuck in a hopeless situation because we thought we could get there on our own. And Jesus frees us from the decision that we make in our spiritual lives, that we can somehow carve out spirituality without Christ. And so what do we do? We run to duty. We run to religion. We run to rules. We run to something that we can do that makes us feel like 
God can accept us. But the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of grace, the beauty of the cross is, is we just bring ourselves to the cross as we are. And there is no, no rule, no ladder. It's just we bring ourselves to Jesus and we're accepted. And he frees us from this whole idea that we can somehow determine our own course of action. And so secondly, Jesus offers freedom from condemnation of sin because that's where our self-determination will lead us, to condemnation and sin, of sin. So when Thomas asked Jesus here in verse 5, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? He didn't grasp the fact that Jesus was about in a few hours to hang on a cross and pay the price for our sin. And that's how Jesus carved the way to freedom. Because of Adam's rebellion against God in the Garden of Eden, we are all held liable for that. You see, Adam was our first representative of the human race. He didn't do very well. Thankfully, the Bible says a second Adam came along named Jesus Christ who, who made it right. But Adam fell into sin, and the doctrine that we call inherited sin means that we are born condemned. We are born sinful. We are born with the scars of what Adam did. And we call that doctrine total depravity. We cannot move toward God. We are stuck. And if you read the first three chapters of Romans, it's depressing. Because Paul's laying out all of the problems with sin. But then all of a sudden, here comes our second Adam, Jesus Christ, who amazingly has this power to heal. And we see this in Romans 5, that so then as through one transgression there resulted condemnation. That's Adam's sin. To all men, even so, through one act of righteousness, that's Christ giving himself for us, there resulted justification of life to all men. So what Paul is saying here is that Adam led us into sin and condemnation, but Christ leads us to freedom. And it's Christ that we need to cling to. And it's Christ that will do all these things for us, not ourselves. We are guilty. The amazing thing about the gospel is that we are dead guilty. Some of you mentioned court order. We are court ordered. We're like the man that takes the last few steps to the electric chair. We've broken the law. We've been found guilty, and now we're going to pay the price. The law we've broken is God's law. We've been found guilty because we are born sinners. We are rebelling against God, and the penalty, spiritually speaking, the electric chair is an eternity in hell, which is a biblical concept. It's conscious torment because there's only one just penalty for rebelling against a holy and perfect God. Now, left right there, that's dark. The beauty of the gospel is, is that Jesus went to that electric chair for us. He raised his hand and said, I didn't do any of this, but I'll be more than happy to stand in for you because that's what I've been sent to do. I'm a reconciler. And so Jesus went to the cross for us. And so he offers this kind of freedom from condemnation. Jesus is the way to be free. Any other way doesn't work. It's all about Christ. Freedom from bondage, 
freed from the condemnation of death, and then Jesus offers freedom that leads to eternal life. And this is really exciting too, because we can be in heaven with Jesus forever, and that's what he's offering. Jesus said this in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. But then in 7, he underlines his authority to make that claim. He links himself with his Father. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So what's happening here? The Lord is rebuking them for not understanding his mission. And this is what the, really the entire upper room discourse is a map. It's a pathway to life. It's a pathway to how to be free and how to have eternal life. Because every one of us needs redemption. When Adam and Eve, when he came looking for them in the garden that day after the sin, where were they? They were hiding. Because they were ashamed. And for the first time, they noticed their nakedness, and they couldn't look God in the eye. And so instead of just disposing of them, he made them clothing to cover their shame. But then the consequences were real. They were cast out of the garden. And so man at that moment needed redemption. We all need redemption. I've had the opportunity to speak a few times at Adult Teen Challenge, and I love speaking at your chapel because it reminds me of the first century church if we were there. It's like this apostolic thing. Like, you guys are raw. You're real. You're worshiping out of a heart that is fresh and a love for Christ. Where we in the church many times have just gotten so stale, so comforted, so sure of ourselves. You guys are walking on the edge with Jesus. And I find that refreshing and beautiful. And I love speaking because I can tell my story without worrying about what people are going to think of me. And, there, and, and, and I need redemption because in my life, I screwed my life out really badly. I, I, I had no hope but through Christ to pull me out of the sewage of sin that I was in. And so we all need redemption. And Jesus offers that redemption. And he offers it free of charge. He offers it by simple faith. And that's a beautiful, beautiful concept. And so we see this whole thing unfold before us. We need redemption. We need Jesus. Jesus is the way to be free. And so as we read Jesus' words here, the question I have for you is this. Jesus offers freedom. So what are you waiting for? I think most of us, even those who have some kind of knowledge of the Bible would agree that Jesus is pretty cool. Thank you. He's pretty cool. And we'd say, well, yeah, I, I believe doctrinally, I believe theologically what you're saying is true. Then what's keeping you from accepting the gift of eternal life? Is it self-loathing? The feeling of, you know, I, I can't be forgiven. You don't know what I've done. Or is it pride? I don't need to be forgiven because I haven't done those things. Maybe it's just ignorance. I didn't know that I had to be forgiven 
to have Jesus Christ. All three of those will keep you away from a life-changing relationship with Jesus. And now we can't plead ignorance anymore because you know the truth. You know that each of us was born in sin. Inherited sin is real. We've rightly been condemned. We've rightly been found guilty because we have rebelled against a beautiful, holy, and wonderful God. And because we have rebelled, we face the just wrath of God. We face the spiritual electric chair, which is eternity in hell. But Jesus paid the price for our sin. Jesus went to the electric chair. He gave himself on the cross, and he said, I'll take all of this sin. Just give it to me. And all you need to do is believe in me, and you can have life. To be free from condemnation, free from shame. The Bible says we are given or imputed the righteousness of Christ, which means at the moment of belief, we're not going to heaven because of our righteousness. We're going to heaven because we now don the robe of righteousness of Jesus Christ, and we are seen clean. You guys, you're coming and sharing these stories, and with that comes so much baggage and so much so much unraveling of what that does to our psyche and our minds and our, our hearts and our bodies and our relationships. But I can tell you one thing for sure is that God sees you, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, as being absolutely clean and forgiven. And yeah, we, gotta, we, we have to pay the consequences for our sin. We've got to unravel all that stuff. But we are seen as pure and right before God because of Christ. And all you need to do is respond to the call. All of us need to respond to the call. Here's, here's what the Bible says about who's calling us in John 6, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So right now, God may be calling you to a relationship with Jesus Christ, or calling you, longtime Christian, to shake off the bondage that Christ can free you from. It's not our good works, not our intentions, it's freedom because of Christ. The Bible says in Acts 2.21 that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. In Romans 3, it is called the free gift of eternal life. In the book of Revelation, we are told that we will be with him and he will be our God. Isn't that beautiful? So what are you waiting for? Now is the time to accept the gift of freedom, a knowledge of God, an idea of God, wanting to walk with God is not enough. It is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So maybe this morning the Father is calling you to raise your hand and say, yes, I want to invite Jesus into my life. I want to surrender to him as Lord, and I will walk with him forever. And for you believers, now may be the time to cast off your anger, your grudges, your pride, your systematic religion that you think is moving you forward, when in fact what you really need to do is just bow in submission to Jesus Christ. Maybe now is the time to do that. Because Jesus is the way to be free. So before Teen Challenge comes back up, I'd like just to have a moment of quiet in the sanctuary. Just bow your heads where you are and pray and think 
Do I know Jesus as my Savior? Do I have access to this amazing gift? And this morning, if you are called to come to know Jesus for the very first time, would you just raise your hand where you are so I can pray for you? If you would like Jesus to come into your life, just raise your hand where you are. And I'll pray for you right now. Secondly, if you have in your life stuff that you know you need to be unwound from, that you know you need to shake the bondage from, and, it, and you know what it is because God's saying it to you right now, then will you raise your hand where you are so I can pray for you? Because now it's the time to be free. And I see all of those hands. We all need redemption. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.